Second. Honey, honey, there's a hot topic. Oh, God damn it. Pull, pull the fucking car over. Now we're going to the beach. I gotta buy some fucking trip pants. Ha ha! We're so pretty. We fucked up. We're live. I'm so sorry. Alex Marchewski, take us away. Welcome back to the March and Mitch Show featuring Celine Sanis Pond. We are the best thing to come out of quarantine since your mama. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Why have you done this? <laughs> it's really, really great to be back. I've been licking my lips all day for the show. I'm so freaking pumped to talk to you guys today. The March and Mitch Show is your favorite for all your favorite media, music, literature, and culture. Today we're going to talk to you about no gender, no November. Let's get her going, now, baby. That's the intro. How many genders this month? That's None. The, that's the that's the intro we've been waiting for. So yeah, when Mitchell keeps referencing being sorry and uh, the intro we've been waiting for, this is our third take. We have had some mad technical difficulties. No, it's not even technical. It's just I done. I, I got my acrylic nails on it, and, and I go to hit command. S for save, and instead it hits Command W, which somehow takes us to the singular track versus the multi-track, which we normally record on, and it done fucking deletes everything that we done did, so this is producer error. Thank God my co-host will still have me on the show. You're fired. Could be fired, but uh, essentially we've said this three times. We're going to say it one more. Uh, no gender November, which is a uh, term I'd like to coin. I believe it is still November, uh, even though we're entering right. we're entering entering the tail end of November. But um, I'd like to reference. Let's go back a little bit. The idea behind November originally was what? No shave November, and then eventually it evolved into no nut November, which is more of a meme. But the idea <sighs> still is. Yeah, he's laughing. <laughs> He's laughing, but the idea still exists. So no shave followed by no nut. November's been a patriarchal shit show. People are claiming these November trends all based off the male ego, regardless of whether it be shaving or nutting, whatever. I will say in college, we did do no shame November, yes. which is where if you had hickeys from hooking up with somebody rather than hiding them with a scarf, like was the custom, mm -hmm. you would just wear your hickey with pride. And that was a good take on a, a no something November. Yeah, that had a definitely a different flavor. I like the sound of that. What we have done here is we've coined no gender November. Essentially the idea which uh, empowers you to take whatever it is in your life, where it be pants, shoes, leggings, jackets, t-shirts. A cool hat. Cool hat, hair, um, whatever it may be. Uh, take yourself outside your comfort zone. Find yourself in a lawless wasteland known as No Gender November. You are allowed to do and say Oh, well, maybe not say, but allowed to do and wear, <laughs> allowed to do and wear whatever you want. Check out our TikTok, aka my TikTok. Currently, it'll eventually morph itself into the March. Currently, it's kind of a solo show. But if you have more questions and you want to see more of the definition of No Gender November, check out Mitch Blades on TikTok, and you'll see what we're talking about. That's Mitch Blades on TikTok, and if you oh. want to see Mitchell's OnlyFans page, it's ah. Mitch Blades Winky Face. <laughs> <laughs> Currently not 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 a thing, but you know I'm, we don't have it yet. Oh, it will be. <laughs> we don't have it yet. It will be. I'm in danger. <laughs> My fiance's saying, "Oh, it will be." I'm I'm concerned. Uh, but yeah, the idea is just like you know I'm not a a big believer in the whole traditional gender idea. Again, we're we're in such a weird place in society where I think that you know I think as as a whole humanity has has lost a 
has lost the privilege of gender. Like we don't deserve it at this point. All it does is cause anger or our confusion or just fuels fires, you know, because there are out there people who, who feel a certain way trying to just earn basic rights for themselves. And they end up, you know, having to argue with dumb people who are conforming to the patriarchy and the, and the standardized way of thinking. And just nobody comes out on top with gender. Like everybody loses, honestly. Yeah, seriously. There's men no... are hurt by women or are, men are hurt by gender almost as much as women are. Exactly. There's just no winning when it comes to gender. So I, I'm here to say, I say we, we disband gender. There are two things you can have. You can have a penis. You can have a vagina. Whatever you claim, whatever click. It's you, not limited to that. It's but. not limited to that. No, but like there are things. You know what I mean? Like again, those things don't matter. Those things literally don't. They have, matter to your doctor. Exactly. Share that information with your doctor. That, and that. Thank you for clarifying because I know I, I kind of fucked up when I said that. But no, thank you for clarifying. That only matters when you're talking to a doctor, a medical professional, as to what your needs are. That's it. Outside of that, everything else doesn't fucking matter. True fucking statements. No matter what chromosomes or double helix you inherited, we are all human beings. We deserve to be happy, do what we want, when we want. And this wear is... the fuck out of a really cool new hat. Yes. Most definitely. Be you, you know how much easier sex would be if we all wore skirts? Car sex would be literally the number one trend right now. If everybody wore a skirt, car sex would be literally popping off like fucking hotcakes. Literally. So if you see me in a, in, a, in a plaid skirt and some black thigh highs, you know what I'm doing in my Honda. <laughs> We're all about celebrating what makes you happy on the March and Mitch show. And this is No Gender November. Wee! Let's get her going. Tonight on the show, we're going to talk to you about Wisconsin indie rock artist Kenny Hoopla, a current collaborator with Travis Barker and Nothing Nowhere. We're going to talk with Celine Santos Pond today about the current shutdown restrictions and freezes happening not only here in Salem Kaiser, but Marion County, the greater Oregon area, as well as the United States and the rest of the world. Jeez. And we're going to bring it back home at the end with the 1990 Tim Burton classic featuring Johnny Depp, Edward Scissorhands. I hope he sees this and casts me in a movie because, like, I'm ready to be I in want, a Tim Burton film. I want hair like Edward Scissorhands. That would be so cool. I mean, you just got to wear, like, dark. You got to paint your face white. You just got to wear, like, a bright blue color. And then, like, you know, Tim Burton's going to be like, hey, you know. I'm, I'm like, 99.9% .9 sure that it was, like, a directly inspiration. Like, image-wise, like, that character was a direct inspiration from, like, Robert Smith from The Cure. Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh, for yeah. Uh, Edward Yes. Agreed. Agreed. That, Anyways, to, to this day, that is like the best concert I've ever seen at the Sunlight Supply Amphitheater with The Cure uh, in the realm of music. This week, though, we're going to talk to you about none other than Kenneth, Kenneth Laurent from Wisconsin. He is known as Kenny Hoopla. Uh, apparently, his stage name is a SpongeBob reference. If if you want, write in the comments or send us a message to jog my memory because I don't remember that. Yeah, SpongeBob. we've been trying to figure it out. No dice. <laughs> I don't remember that SpongeBob episode. So shout out to our cartoon fans out there. We're going to mm -hmm. talk to you about the song of the week from his 2004. Uh, 2020 EP How Will I Rest in Peace If I'm Buried by a Highway uh, When I had first heard Kenny Hoopla He was featured on uh, the Nothing Nowhere banger Blood Which we bump all the time It's probably like my favorite like bop right now It is a straight up bop Opens in with a really fierce bass line They, they boosted like the high mid range On the bass line So it sounds great for like pop and radio the chorus is full-blown addicting. I've been licking my lips all day getting ready for this podcast. So grab a brick or your Molotov cocktail and let's light it up. Throw them out. Let's go. Let's go. We're going to talk to you about the song of the week from the 
EP, which is How Will I Rest in Peace if I'm buried by a highway. Um, the first time I heard Kenny Hoopla, I assumed he was just probably like another trap rapper or or a sad rapper, kind of like from the whole like a starry, you know, YouTube realm or from, you know, like version three, Goth Boy Click. We talk a lot about sad rap on the show. But then I, I booted up uh, his EP on Spotify and the dude is straight up indie rock. He's a straight up indie rocker. He's got some like more hip hoppy songs. And much like how we talk about how, you know, um, human beings don't need to be classified and boxed in by gender. Ooh. We do the same thing with music. Music Ooh. should not have to be boxed in and, and taped up and like, Progressive you know. Progressive thought. Progressive thought. I'm glad. I love how you just tied that in. That's so Yeah, that's seriously. So no, that's, and I think that that's actually a really poignant uh, piece is, you know, you don't have to be tied to the strictures of a certain genre, just like you don't have to be tied to the strictures of a of a certain gender. Society. Those can be kind of guidelines or a baseline or however you want to think of them. Just like Pirates of the Caribbean. They can be influences. <laughs> like the pirate code. <laughs> but yeah. It's They're more guidelines. like guidelines. Uh. But yeah, no, the, the genre of music doesn't need to dictate. It just informs. And I think that a lot of artists have been stuck in the genre dictating when really it should just be informing them creating something new. And I feel like what you're saying about Kenny Hoopla, yeah, is, you, is exactly spot on. You heard it here first. You can't get more truth than this. Mitchell and Celine, you guys could not have said that better. Thank you so much. And it really is a beautiful Pangean concept to see the blending of genre with Kenny Hoopla, born Kenneth Laurent. Uh, he is from uh, Wisconsin, and I was happy to find out that uh, in interviews, he's actually very like polite and like he apologizes. He says sorry a lot and, oh. apologizes, <laughs> and apologizes. And he probably says "ope" when he passes by somebody in the grocery store. <laughs> Oop. I'm sorry. You know, for a long time, just gonna squeeze by, yeah. Yeah, for a long time growing up, I definitely did things like that i was very canadian growing up you know based off uh prob- most likely probably trauma you know for being over polite but for the most part yeah i was very very canadian growing alex up. alex and i know nothing about being overly polite ah, <laughs> yeah, you guys are like no you guys are literally like the uh the poster children i was gonna say no like pokemon evolution you guys are the first stage and i'm like the second stage whereas like i definitely used to be overly polite and then eventually evolved into the second state and so like you guys are just like waiting to to evolve into the second state where like you just apologize less but you still feel sorry even though if it's not your fault and much like we evolve our pokemon kenny hoopla's music has kind of evolved from being a good soundcloud indie rock uh almost british indie rock vibes into being pretty much a full-blown star uh blood with nothing nowhere is tearing up the radio the single we're going to talk to you about on the show has been blowing up uh, we were actually hanging out one day and we heard the his song Plastic Door play and we were like, this is fucking great. And me and CSP actually had to be like, hey, Google, who's playing right now? And it was actually Kenny Hoopla. And I was so delighted to uh, hear that. And in the music video for uh, Blood with Nothing Nowhere, uh, they're depicted actually like uh, rescuing some animals. And at the end of the video, they talk about these endangered species that are like usually captured to be in the pet trade or put on like, you know, just places where like these these exotic animals like don't need to be and uh if you go on to a uh, curiouscreatures.com you can learn more about how to rescue these animals and contribute to the their charity and their nonprofit work i think it's really great i saw a tegu lizard do you know about those i fucking love tegus those things are cool looking they're really cool there was i want one really badly they rescued a skunk from a fur farm i'm like oh my god it's so cute i want to hold the skunk, <laughs> oh, skunk. so cute 
They seem like good boys. A smelly pet. Cool little smelly boy. He's a smelly boy. And pretty much uh, listening to more of Kenny's music, it's incredibly got good emo vibes. Uh, and it's been super reminiscent of an album I grew up listening to from Block Party, a British indie rock band. Mm. Their debut album, Silent Alarm, is one of my favorite indie rock albums of all time. Seriously, if you go to someone's house and they, they haven't heard of Silent Alarm by Block Party, don't sleep with them. Just kidding. <laughs> but uh, it's very reminiscent. I heard of that. Uh, yeah, I was just like, uh, well, I guess... Uh, you can't sleep with me anymore, I Mitchell. guess I'm out of the running. I'm on pure. Yeah, I don't, know who, I don't know who that is, so I guess I'm going to... I'll be sleeping dry tonight, but that's okay. Okay, all, all hipster elitism aside, I, what, I, what I'm trying to say is uh, he's very reminiscent of the frontman, uh, Kele Okereke, who has been the frontman for uh, Block Party and then also is in the, pro uh, the project Blood Orange. And the music okay. is, it's somber, it's melancholy. He's got great bass in all of his songs. Uh, uh, and in an interview with NME, he actually stated that he himself does not, uh, he can play a couple of guitar songs, but but he uh, is just really embracing and like how like uh, guitar is just a really universal Pangean and bridgeway into a lot of popular music and stuff. Having the music on the show is a real honor. Please check out Kenny Hoopla. If you are sleeping on Kenny Hoopla, you done goofed. Set an alarm. This All is right. going to be our song of the week. We'll be right back. This is How Will I Rest in Peace If I'm Buried by a Highway by Kenny Let's get it. We keep it raw, we keep it real, and we keep it fresh on the March and Mitch show. That was How Will I Rest in Peace If I'm Buried by a Highway, the title track from his 2020 EP. Uh, Celine Santos Pond, what did you think about our Artist of the Week, Kenny Hoopla, and his song? Dude, that shit was a bop. It was a bop. I really <laughs> like that song. I like. I forgot that it was Kenny Hoopla because I first heard it on, on Sirius Radio because I'm a fucking simp for Sirius Satellite Radio. Wow. Yeah, I paid $20 a month. Way to conform. Literally not worth that amount of money, but it's where I get all of my new music. And yeah, no, I heard that song. I forgot it was Kenny Hoopla, but yeah, no, Kenny Hoopla is, is great. I, I mostly knew him from the Nothing Nowhere song that we were talking about, but yeah, no, that's a that's a solid song. I'm excited to see where Kenny Hoopla goes. Hmm. It's a really cool time to be experiencing new music, especially during quarantine. Let's throw it on over to Mitch Blades. What do you think of our track this week? Oh, it honestly, to me, sounds a lot like, uh, what's this song? You know we're falling in love. Who's that? Who's that, guys? You know we're falling in love. No, anybody? Okay. What? Um, I am the, not Maybe the Killers? Maybe. Maybe. Anyways, uh, it has some it has some some two thousand uh, you know pop punk vibes to me, and I think that's uh, nice. that's a big fan to me. Totally, sure. I get like some Franz Ferdinand vibes. Franz Ferdinand, yeah, yeah my, I don't know, dude. I, yes, that might be it. That might be the guy. It's dude. like some indie rock disco shit, and yeah, he even cited influences. I know uh, same time period, not quite Franz Ferdinand, but Kenny Hoopla mentioned he was really inspired by the Yeah Yeah Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, which is like my favorite, like you know, one of my favorite New York City bands of all time. 
as well as uh, Two Door Cinema Club. You remember Two Door Cinema Club? Mm, I okay. remember hearing of I them. I don't say it's what you know. You okay. don't want to be alone. Okay, yeah, word up, word up. I see that. Alone. Nice. Okay, yeah. Check no, out Kenny Hoopla. Yeah. Welcome back to the March and Mitch Show. As we know, times are getting bad, maybe worse, but hey, as long as you got the right to express yourself, be happy and be free, you can always find a little bit of happiness during these trying times. Uh, next up on the show, we got our very own Celine Santis Planet here to talk to you about their own planet and also, also about how restrictions are changing the uh, social climate here in Oregon and the rest of the world. And uh, Celine Santis Pond, please take it away. I actually want to say it's Lean Sands planet. I have no planet. There's no planet. I'm planetless. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I want to talk about the lockdown take two, which to me is just the same as lockdown take one, because I think that most people have, most responsible people have not been going out. Have not left the house in days. Yeah. So I, to me, it's, it's a continuation <laughs> of the same. To some people, it is the worst thing that's ever happened in their lives. But I want to talk about why doing a second lockdown makes a lot of sense, as well as what we can compare it to, to mm-hmm. see, you know, how we can get on the right track. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I just want to do like a, a brief check-in. And I want to be really clear and apologetic up front that this is going to be a little bit depressing. Okay. But here in Oregon, we are at a record high in every possible metric. So we have averaged 1,241 new cases every single day for the past week. So for the past seven days, we're averaging 1,200 cases a day. And hospitalizations are also at a new high. Statewide hospitals are 82% full. And a lot of hospitals are you know, beyond the 90% mark, which is something that they're not really particularly equipped to deal with. Mm -hmm. You know, they technically have a space, but they don't necessarily have the staff and the functionality to Mm -hmm. be able to support that many patients. And people are getting concerned that we're going to run out of beds. The death toll in Oregon is at 847 to date. So 847 Oregonians have died. Uh, 21 people died yesterday, which is also a record. Mm -hmm. For the last three days, we have broken the record for our our state in particular, of new cases as well as deaths. And overall, 67,333 Oregonians have had confirmed cases of COVID. Wow. So nearly 70,000 people have tested positive. Off the charts. Uh, Literally off the charts. Like we, all three metrics, you know, new cases, deaths, hospitalizations, Mm -hmm. all of them are at record highs. Mm -hmm. And we continue to set new record highs each day. Uh, so it's not great it's not awesome and a lot of people are thinking of covid i think as something that is you know it's been going on long enough let's wrap it up yeah and i totally agree Uh but the fact of the matter is that it's an even bigger issue than it was at the start of the first lockdown right 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 the fact that we're at record highs after lockdowns after social distancing is Silly. Again, not awesome. It's not the best news I've ever heard. In comparison to alternative places. Well, and we're going to get there. We're going to talk about New Zealand in a moment. I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn. But I just, you know, I want to say, and I I hate to be such a downer. I know that my piece is often a downer, but today it's it's a little more personal for me because, you know, today I'm, I'm a lot more aware of covid than I ever have been in the past, despite having been pretty aware of it before. 
But I'm a lot more aware of it because this morning my grandfather passed away from COVID. Uh, He and my grandma both did everything right. They only went to the grocery store. They weren't seeing family. They weren't seeing friends. They were Mm -hmm. making a point of not having contact with people outside of every two weeks. Right. So they did everything right. And one of them contracted COVID, most likely grocery shopping. Right. And the other obviously contracted COVID because they live together. My grandma is doing well. She's expected to make a full recovery, but that's also what they expected about my grandfather. Mm -hmm. He was released from the hospital because they expected that he was going to be okay, and that was not the case. So I apologize for dragging the mood down, but I, you know, I want to say that this is a really real issue. This is... Yeah, anybody who's out there, like, calling, like, conspiracy or anybody who's claiming... That, you know, oh, the government just wants to control us. No, you're wrong. Like, there are real people getting, you know, in, they're, they're dying. Like, real people are dying because of this. And it's, it's, if you think that it's some form of control, you're a selfish idiot. Yeah, exactly. Amen. And, you know, it, it, it hurts. My family is honestly struggling a lot right now. And so I don't want to make this all about, you know, the Celine's grandpa show, but <laughs> no, you're good. it's, you know, it's, it's important, I think, to have the human angle on it. Well, it's real. And I think that you're super brave for even being willing to talk about like this thing that just happened. And I mean, I know you personally, and this, this is a little bit outside your comfort zone. And, and I mean, for me personally, I like, I'm, I'm glad you're talking about it because like, I'm so upset by people who are like, I mean, and I'm a huge, you know me, I'm a huge conspiracy theorist. I love a good conspiracy, but the people out there who are claiming like that COVID is just a, you know, they just want to us to wear masks to cover up and, and to, to take away our control. Like those people are so far wrong. And, and, and it makes me so upset that these people are out there, you know, claiming this, this conspiracy thing when they have zero idea how it's actually impacting people who are actually impacted by this, like mm-hmm. reality, like it makes me really upset. Like it, it just doesn't seem right that people like that can even exist right now because COVID's yeah. a real thing. COVID's my, hurt. My stepmom didn't sleep the last two nights. Neither did my baby sister because yeah. my baby sister is up there too. You know, my stepmom didn't sleep the last two nights, not even out of anxiety, but literally out of having to care for her dad. Which is why I think... Through the entire night, yeah, because which, he was belligerent and yeah. concerned. You know, he was... He wasn't himself. Right. You know, my baby sister said that there were a few minutes where she got to talk to him where he was mm-hmm. lucid and recognized her. And I, I... And I'm so glad that they got those few minutes. Like, I think that my grandpa was probably very comforted by having my sister there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, to the, to the people that think that this isn't something that's really happening... And to the people that think that, well, right. I'm not going to catch it, so exactly, you know, I'll, I, or if I do catch it, you know, I'm a young, healthy person. Yeah, exactly. Put yourself, my grandpa's not a young, healthy person. Put yourself in Celine's shoes right now. My condolences like, to your family, Celine. Thank you. I, I I appreciate that. And again, I don't want to make this all about the the Celine's grandpa show. No, but no, that's no. kind of my personal. No, connection you're not. To this no, topic. you're not, uh, honey. You're not. It, I think it's important for people to understand, and I think that. Through, through your loss, I think maybe the people that listen to the show can maybe finally start to understand that, like, it's not about you. It's about somebody else who, in, in your extended family, 
is going to be vulnerable to this to this thing that's happening. It's a global pandemic, and people are treating it like it's a fucking joke. Right, and I I keep seeing these things on social media of like, well, I'm going to get together with my family for Thanksgiving because for some people this might be their last Thanksgiving. Don't. My grandpa didn't make it to Thanksgiving. Oh. Because of this type of mentality. And I hope this I hope this really rings true to a lot of people out there who are like, it'll be fine. We'll get together. It's family. We'll be okay. Like, stop. Stop. Recognize that there are consequences to your actions. It may not be you. It may not be somebody you know. But literally, an extension of you. Again, asymptomatic carriers are the problem here. Because if you've seen the way the charts expand or the way the, the COVID charts exist right now, like they thought it was going to be one way, but it's not. It's basically one carrier is the one uh, who who spreads it to everybody. It's highly contagious. And um, for the most part, it's, today, asymp- it's actually, asymptomatics. Just today, we were uh, having our my washing machine repaired by some gentlemen, and they had their masks on the whole time. Mitchell and I wore our masks the entire time that they mm-hmm. were in the, the apartment. Mm-hmm. And actually, at one point, one of the one of the guys said, you know, I, I actually kind of thought that he was hoping that I would say, hey, it's fine if you take your mask off, because at one point he was saying how it was so difficult to, you know, to see, and it kept, like, fogging up his glasses. And I was just like, mm, I'm not going to give you permission to take your mask off. I think right. this is important. And then I'm, I'm glad that I, I held that stance because at the end of uh, the interaction, he actually thanked me because he said that we were the only house they've been to recently where mm-hmm. the people they were servicing wore their masks the whole time. Mm-hmm. And how so many people had said, hey, you don't have to wear your mask if you don't want to. And he insisted on keeping it on. One thing he mentioned is that his mom is 81. Exactly. And his brother has asthma. Mm -hmm. They're very much affected. And people being inconsiderate and not thinking that they need to wear a mask if they're in their own home is a huge part of the problem. I think, you know, when we go through Mm drive-thrus, we need to be wearing masks. Mm -hmm. Because that Dutch Bros worker, that McDonald's worker, that person matters. Their grandma matters. Their Mm -hmm. grandpa matters. The people who are at risk in their lives matter. And I think that... And you've seen it on a literal first one-on-one, first-hand basis. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm much more aware even than I was before. And I think a lot of people are are missing that that level of uh, intricacy because guess what? A lot of people just get to you know, frolic about and, and make these poor decisions. And, and I've thought about this uh, pretty deeply. They don't have to see the repercussions of it. For example, say I'm an asymptomatic carrier right. and then I go to the store and then I, I touch something on the counter and I, I feel fine. I'm an and I'm sure that's exactly what happened to my grandparents. Yeah. I feel perfectly fine, but I touch the counter and which the person behind me goes in and they go to scan their items and then they're not asymptomatic, but I am because, you know, I've got a great immune system and then they contract it 14 days later, they're not feeling well. And then everybody in their circle or close to it is feeling sick and somebody dies. And, and I don't have yeah. to see that. I don't have to see that reality because guess what? I'm fine. I'm asymptomatic. I've got a great immune system. I don't have to worry about this, but guess what? Somebody who I don't know who is right behind me has to deal with that. And I think exactly. a lot of people in uh, the United States right now aren't accepting that reality. 
and it, it infuriates me it's because people are treating it like well, well and i will say that you know i you know you and i have gone out on a couple of occasions oh, we've been like pretty careful twice. yeah exactly we've been super twice careful we it's wore been more masks. than two weeks apart we went to we wore masks we went in after two weeks of i've, I've been in quarantine and I've, I've done unnecessary shopping i've gone and bought hair dye like i've done <laughs> things that aren't necessary so i want to make it clear that by no means am i saying i'm a saint and i've been quarantining perfectly this entire time I know we're fucking beleaguered. I know that we are all exhausted of this being how we have to live our lives. Makes me mad. And in a minute, I'm going to get to how we can get over living this way in our lives. Yay! But first, I want to talk a little bit about just what the new new restrictions are. Because I'm sure a lot of people have seen... Tone it back, tone it back, okay. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have seen little bits and pieces about what what the new restrictions look like. Mm -hmm. Let's break it down. Yeah, let's just break it down really quick. So the new restrictions right now are set for November 18th through December 2nd. Okay. And so what that looks like is that restaurants are now takeout only. Store capacities in things like grocery stores are limited, so they Mm. can only have a certain number of people in the building at once. Things like gyms are closed, uh, outside workout facilities like parks right, right. are closed, and private gatherings, like in your own home, are limited to six people with no more than two families involved. And there's some controversy uh, regarding those restrictions, like the courthouse like saying that they're not going to close, and we haven't really right. seen there what have that's... Been yeah, we... a few gyms in particular. Gyms seem to be kind of the... The key standout factor here, there have been a few gyms that have said, no, we are not going to participate in this. Great. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Right, yeah. Thank you, guys, for being... Oh, my God. It'd be cooler if you did. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish we had covered uh, uh, Dazed and Confused. It'd be yeah. a lot cooler if you did. Uh, no, but we'll see where that goes, but that's not that's not currently the topic. So, uh, And another, another change... Mm-hmm. Actually, from the first lockdown, the first lockdown was very much self-enforced. Mm-hmm. Like they made yeah, it very yeah, clear that they were not going yeah. to be arresting people over not following lockdown. They Voluntary, weren't going to be like right. pulling people over just for being on the road. There's, they're still not going to be doing that. Like, right. no, the cops aren't going to pull you over just because you're out. But you can now be cited, fined, or arrested for violating these orders. Good. Yeah, honestly, I'm on board with this. And actually, the governor did encourage people to call law enforcement if they see violations. Mm -hmm. And she compared it to a noise complaint. You know, if you're trying to have a nice night at home Mm -hmm. and somebody's bumping music and it's affecting your family's health and wellness, i.e. you can't sleep. (laughs) I'm such an old. I'm such an old. We call the police. Oh, God. And there's a whole conversation yeah. about the police to be had here. And I know that the police are not oh, an ideal solution yeah, not, to pretty much anything. Not tonight. But, not tonight, Jesus. Right. That's that. <laughs> we don't have time to unpack all of that. Not tonight. Woo. But I do think that that's a very apt comparison with a noise complaint. Yeah. You call in because it's affecting your health and wellness. Mm-hmm. So so break it down for me. Just a short instance. Like, so if you saw someone go through, like, let's say the McDonald's drive through and they're not wearing a mask, like, like, would you call the... No. The well, and that's actually not a regulation. Like, that would oh, okay. be something that it would even be valid to call right. the police. Word. Yeah, like, you you are totally welcome to not wear your mask yeah. when you go through the drive-thru. Cur- I just think it's a, that it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a courtesy. It's a courtesy thing. Word. Okay, cool. Yeah, like, and that's that's just being a, a kind, courteous human. And, and But if on Thanksgiving night... When we have our get together that we've very carefully planned, mm-hmm. we have a couple people who have recently been tested for COVID. Mm-hmm. It's going to be only six people. Mm-hmm. So when we get together on Thanksgiving, if we see 
13 people go into the apartment next door, mm-hmm. we've been encouraged to ner- notify the authorities. Oh, okay. Thank you for validating that. Well, on top of that, I would just like to add that the fact, I mean, just uh, just so you know, we are putting our money where our mouth is. Um, my, my mom personally wanted us to come over for uh, Thanksgiving this year, and I had to politely decline because of the COVID restrictions. And I mean, granted some other things, but honestly, at this point, like I, I don't see my mom a lot, um, almost ever. And, and I personally, I don't want to take that chance to, to, again, my mom, my mm-hmm. mom's older. My, my, I'm, I'm 30. Uh, my mom's in her late sixties and, and I, I don't want to take that chance. Like, again, I, I'm pretty confident that I'll be asymptom- asymptomatic no matter what, because I've got a great immune system. I like, I never get sick, but like, I don't want to take that chance and endanger my mom. Like I love my mom and I, I don't want to put that on her no matter how much, you know, she wants to see me during Thanksgiving. And, and I just don't feel like that's an right. appropriate thing to do to her currently, given the... Because the, imagine the guilt you would feel later if she came down with COVID. Yeah, my, my mom would if, love to what have... If, yeah. What, what if it was me? She, she would love to have me over for Thanksgiving, but like, I don't... I don't, Again, my mom is uh, is a very pure and sweet as sweet woman. And I and I just don't think she realizes the, the amount of damage that could be done due to COVID. And, and I and I just don't want to take that risk. So like, yeah, I'm gonna skip Thanksgiving this year. I'm probably gonna end up skipping Christmas, Christmas too. And, and yeah, I, I've I've already chosen to skip Thanksgiving and Christmas for my I, family. I would love to see my mom for Christmas because it's her favorite since holiday. I've, I've been living in Oregon for eight years. Every single year, mm-hmm. I've come down for either Thanksgiving or Christmas, and this is the first year I'm not. And and it makes me sad too because I really I really did want to reconnect, and I, I really did like kind of want to spend uh, some holiday time with uh, my mom because I don't my dad's not in my life, and so like my mom's all I have, and so I, I was kind of looking forward to it, but. It's, it's a really hard decision to make and, and I, I really hope people hear this and, and realize that like it's a tough decision but like my mom's well-being my mom's well-being is is more important than a fucking stupid holiday right there's going to be more Christmases true story yeah yeah exactly yeah. so like yeah next year I'll get to go see my mom but like currently yeah, so your your view is very reasonable on this I, I think that you have the correct response <laughs> to this freeze and the shutdown well, why you married me in the event <laughs> you know in light of the fact that we are at record highs in all of the important metrics with coronavirus yeah um you are I think in probably in the majority I have to believe you're probably in the majority but there is a very vocal minority of people who think that this is a terrible idea mm-hmm. uh at least a hundred of them when this order took effect on November 18th, mm-hmm. at least 100 people, most of them unmasked. You know, I've read news reports mm-hmm. and I've looked at photos. Most people are not wearing masks. Uh, over 100 of them at the Capitol, as well as going even to the governor's home mm-hmm. to protest outside her house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the key thing that people are saying is that it's not the government's job to decide what's best for us, mm-hmm. which I find ridiculous because <laughs> having... <laughs> You know, I was a political science minor in college, and That's one of the first things that we learned in international politics was that governments were established specifically pro- for protecting the interests of civilians. Obviously, they fail in that objective very often, but that is the entire concept, is mm. that the government is there so that we can organize in order to minimize harm to individuals. Mm-hmm. Understood. And so that's the point of government. And we have to wear seatbelts. 
<laughs> you know, I'm guessing that this, I forget her last name, but this Joyce who was quoted in this article, I'm guessing that Joyce wears a seatbelt when she gets in the car. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing she's on board with the fact that that's a requirement because you could die if you don't. Mm -hmm. Similarly, people are so upset about having to wear masks in stores. You have to wear pants in stores. Mm -hmm. Like every time you go into a store, you see no pants or no shoes, no shirt, no service. Uh -huh. It's a You have to request. wear a shirt. You it's have to wear shoes. It's a simple request, yep. You have to wear pants, but that just goes as a, such a given that they don't even put that on the sign. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So there's all of these things that we're already doing. This is just an extra one little thing that we have to do. Just do it. Nike said it first. Just do it. Just fucking do it. Just Shia LaBeouf it. said it best. Yes. Just do it. Do it. Just do it. So just for a little bit of an optimism piece on the, the tail end here. Uh, I want to talk about New Zealand because New yeah. Zealand has handled Yay. coronavirus. What's going on in New Zealand? They've handled it exceptionally well. So New Zealand, I think, is actually a really apt comparison because they have a very similar population to Oregon. Mm -hmm. And obviously, New Zealand's an island. Oregon is part of the continuous U.S. Yeah, I mean, so there, there's obviously like key differences. differences. Right, right. But New Zealand actually has a little bit more population than we do. They're at 5 million. Oregon has 4.2 million mm -hmm. people. Which also, side note, is wild to me because the city of Phoenix, Arizona has 5 million people. Yeah. So the Whoa. population of New Zealand and more than the population of Oregon. Mm -hmm. But I digress. <laughs> but, but I digress. So given the fact that New Zealand actually has more people than us, their stats are ridiculously good comparatively. Yes. So in New Zealand, and I'm, I'm just going to scroll back up here really quick and compare. Give the deets. So the How state death toll... The state death toll, again, in Oregon is 847 mm -hmm. with a total of six, 67,333 confirmed cases. <sighs> it's not good. So death toll, 847, mm -hmm. 67,000 confirmed cases in Oregon, right. which has a population of 4.2 million. Mm -hmm. In New Zealand, population of 5 million. Mm -hmm. They have had only 2,030 infections. Yes. Excellent. And only 25 deaths. Yes. Way to go, New Zealand. I'm so proud of you guys. Yeah. Way to fucking yeah, go. Okay. I know. New Zealand handled it exactly right. And actually, the Biden administration, as uh, Trump still hasn't conceded the presidency, so technically the Biden administration <laughs> isn't a thing, but they're what? proceeding as if it's a thing because he did win the election. Uh, the but so the US Biden administration is, is actually already reaching out to the president of New Zealand Good. to say, hey, how, Can you know, we? what guidance do you have? Excellent. And really, what New Zealand did the best is that they. They they started early. Yeah. We're yes. pretty fucking late in the game, so we're going to have to have a different strategy. But mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. can definitely still learn from New Zealand. So New Zealand, first of all, had an early lockdown. Yes. So in March, after a only 100 wait, pause, cases. Pause, pause, reel mm -hmm. back. A real lockdown, not not the lockdown that we had. Right, exactly. A real Bars proper lockdown. Bars are open, restaurants are open. Grocery stores are open, but blah, 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 blah. No, like a real lockdown where it's like nobody gets anything but groceries. End exactly. End the story. Yep. Exactly lockdown. right. Yeah. So they had a very early lockdown. Yes. In mid-March when they had only 100 cases and no wow. deaths. No one had died at this point. And New Zealand was just like, <laughs> we're going to take it seriously anyway. God bless And him. so they shut down completely. They had a super strict lockdown. Word. So... 
uh, essential workers obviously mm-hmm. were still permitted to go to work mm-hmm. and they kept schools open only for the children of essential workers. So first Ooh. of all, mitigating the harms that we've seen in the US. That's of interesting. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All kids are out of school. So people who have to be at work, their kids get to go to school and then everybody who's on unemployment gets to stay at home. Right. That's exactly. fucking brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. So logic, you know, that takes a lot of stress off parents, makes it a much less tense situation Mm -hmm. and also means that you know most kids are out of school most people are not working right and most people who are not working get to be home with their kids it's brilliant right and so the the lockdown basically entailed you know once they were like okay this is actually getting really serious yeah the lockdown when they made it really serious was that non-essential workers could pretty much only leave home to exercise so you could go on Uh, exercises in a approved right. radius of Walks, your home whatever yeah just, exactly like you couldn't go you know drive to the local park you couldn't go to the gym right you could go on walks you could go around your neighborhood that's and they even said like only essential exercise like only if you need yeah, exercise yeah. right 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 so hmm. the other pa- facet and one that we actually could replicate here because both of these are pretty early game mm-hmm. pardon me early game solutions right but one of the other things is that they have one of the highest per capita rates of testing. Right, right. In the world. So Right, right. Yes. So they're they again they test more. They have regular ready access to COVID testing. Good for them. Yeah, which I only just learned that in Arizona you can go get free testing done twenty four seven at Mace Community College, which, you know, if we have any listeners in Arizona, like go definitely good to know. Go get tested. It's totally free. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked it up. We I'm not sure about free, but we do definitely have mm-hmm. testing facilities that you can readily access, even without a doctor recommending. Oh, good. I was under the impression yeah. that here in Oregon you had to have a doctor recommend that you mm-hmm. get a test. It has now evolved to the stage where, if you think that a test would be something valuable, <laughs> yeah, we're getting like if you've been a lot of pe- if you've been around a lot of people, mm-hmm. if you're not feeling well, you can go get a drive by test. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister said that basically what they do is they take little plastic bits and they stick them up your nose for like 20 seconds at a time. Mm-hmm. And it's not comfortable, but it doesn't hurt. It's fine. And then a couple days later, you get re- your results. Cool. So that's, you know, that's actually something that we could do is, mm-hmm. you know, if we all committed to getting regular testing, if we all committed to mm-hmm. a- abiding by quarantine until we get the results of our test. Yeah. And then probably also still yeah. quarantine after that. But yeah, like if we all actually take it that's seriously. Yeah, that's a good plan B. Get tested in the meantime and make sure that you're not going to be asymptomatic at the very least. Exactly. Because, you know, I, w- I was on a plane a couple weeks ago to, to visit my grandmother because she wasn't well. Mm-hmm. I very well could be an, an asymptomatic carrier. I don't know. And I'm actually going to go get tested now that I know that I can. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, you know, ultimately what... You know, we can learn from New Zealand is that by having a period of very strict lockdown and Mm -hmm. tons of testing, you know, by the government taking away their freedoms or whatever, (laughs) they (laughs) have now had no local transmission of COVID-19 Wow! in quite a while. They have two two new cases as of Monday, but both are related to international travel. Right. So right now in New Zealand, they're opening everything back up. Everyone's going back to work. Everyone's going back to school. Everyone is able to have, I mean, they don't have Thanksgiving there. But, you know, <laughs> if, if they did, they could have a Thanksgiving because dinner with all their family. it's a slave holiday. It's a slave holiday. Yes, it's a fucked up holiday. But nobody they're, needs- back, they're back to life as usual yeah. because they made those sacrifices in the interim. 
And if we could just fucking do that for like a couple months, like yeah. if we could actually quarantine for a couple months, Literally. we could be fucking done with this. Alex wouldn't be out of work. Yeah. You're asking a lot. We wouldn't be all so stressed out. Seriously, they they definitely they they you and Rian were right. They opened the restaurants up way too early. I remember going back. I'll keep this brief. I remember going back to uh, work at my serving job, and like we don't we don't have a history of like using and doing stupid shit. I was stone cold sober. I came back to work the first day after the initial quarantine. I'm like, I don't want to be a part of this. This sucks. I don't want to be here right now. We 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 do not need to be open. (laughs) Like this this shit blows. I remember going to do Instacart. Uh, as an essential worker and some douchebag and like a John Deere hat and camo is like I ain't wearing a fucking mask make me wear a fucking mask and I'm just like this is the reason why we can't have nice things yeah exactly <laughs> it's and I, I recognize that you have been directly impacted by this like Mitchell and I are are in fields of work where we're not so impacted by the closures yeah. associated with COVID but you've been directly impacted and so I, I want to say that I 100% feel the pain of people that this are is, impacted by this, this is one of my favorite pieces you've ever done Not, uh, n- nothing to do with like you know like friendships and relationships here but just hearing hearing the facts and also like uh, just hearing what you have to say as far as like respecting you know boundaries spaces what's cool and not's cool this is really informative for me Celine but what I also want to know is like is is there any for our viewers and listeners like is there a good spot in in right here in in Salem Kaiser where you can go get tested if need be that's you- actually a great question and thank you I apologize. I no had a list on my phone that I will have to pull up again. Because you know, so if you go to just a moment, if you go to like Walgreens or like Rite Aid to get like uh, like people get like flu shots at like Rite Aid, right? Mm-hmm. You know, right. I I figure this right. might be good for our listeners and viewers because now I I I'm hearing your piece. I I definitely care a lot more, especially having like a dad who works in like a rehab hospital. He's like the director of nursing and mm-hmm. like has to wear like a hazmat suit and like all kinds of like face masks and shields. Just to go in the building, you know, I, I look at the greater good. Uh, being unemployed sucks sometimes. Free money from the government's cool <laughs> when, acl- when when applicable. Right. But the biggest thing I want my viewers and our viewers to take away from this is look at the big picture, people. Let's just look at the big picture. And uh, Celine, if you have any, do you have any mm-hmm. info for me? I do. Yeah. So there's actually quite a few places that you can go to get a test. Great. Again, I'm not sure on pricing. Um, I'm I believe that it's going to function similarly to how it is in Arizona from what my sister was telling me where, you know, it's it's free. If you have insurance, they'll probably bill your insurance. But if you don't, then mm. that's fine. But there's quite a few places you can go. I'm going to read you the ones that don't require a referral because those are the ones where a doctor has to be like, ah, sounds like you might have COVID. I'm going to read you the ones that are just if you feel like it's a good idea to get tested, you can go. Uh, so the Walgreens on Fairgrounds Road, mm-hmm. word okay, has has COVID testing. Great. The Lancaster Family Health Center also has COVID testing. They do require an appointment, and tests are limited to certain patients. Swift Care LLC, which is on Wallace Road, uh, does require an appointment, but it has drive through. It's available for everybody, and a referral is not required. And the last one that is popping up for me here is Salem Health Medication Management Clinic. Again, an appointment is required, but a referral is not required and you don't have to meet any conditions to be tested. Uh, There's actually a few other places that are popping up here. They get a little bit outside Salem, so I'm not going to cover them. But those are the ones that I I would recommend as far as if you're in the Salem area, those are places that you can go. You heard it here first. This is great information for our listeners. Mm. Thank you. Excellent. So yeah, that's, that's my bit is... You know, I, I know that we're all fucking exhausted and beleaguered. Nobody likes this, but please stay indoors. Please have a small Thanksgiving. 
please wear your mask when you're out in public and don't be a fucking putz about it. Just do the things so do that people's things. grandparents and relatives yeah. with asthma and things like that can keep on existing because we like them. Yes. Celine Sanespon, thank you so much for your piece. You heard it here first. Learning more about regulations and restrictions and what you can do to help better the community as far as keeping people safe and healthy. Please follow suit. Thank you so much, Celine. We're going to get right into our nostalgia trip shortly after these messages. And we're back. And we're back on the March and Mitch show. Thank you, Celine Sanders Pond, for talking about your piece regarding our health and safety here in our community, as well as the global pandemic that's affecting us all. Make sure to be looking out for your own personal health and wellness. Uh, thank you so much for your piece. Next up, we got Mitchell Herring on our nostalgia trip. That's right. We're taking it back to 1990 with the romantic. That's the year you were born. Yeah, that's the year I was born. That's the year you were born. That's the year you was born. You was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's existing? That's ah. you. <laughs> it's really cool to talk about one of my favorite Tim Burton films. This film, you see so much aesthetics, you know, with like the Robert Smith hair, Johnny Depp and makeup. Mm-hmm. The outfits, the contrast of Edward Scissorhands to the community he's trying the to live in. The 50s aesthetic, yeah. And it's really important to talk about the movie as well as, you know, how it affects us and what, what it makes us feel. So, Mitchell, take it away, please. Yeah, so we just watched this uh, today and um, big big fan of, uh, again, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp in general. Uh, for the most part, I think most relevantly, the episode or the movie itself has a huge social uh, commentary when it comes to like the awkward out of cast, you know, uh, different person being uh, at least their attempt to be indoctrinated or accepted into general society. And the movie does a really great job of how uh, that can go wrong. You know, there's a family that takes care of him and and they really do this uh wonder like they really care about him and and they they really do everything they can to to bring him into like a normal family situation because they find him you know he's alone and the movie itself is kind of a tragic tragic hero story like a it's so happy until yeah it's it's a it's a greek mythology as far as the story itself because the end of the movie is kind of sad itself you know he ends up alone and he and doesn't really end having up having faked his own death, having murdered somebody. Yeah, he does. He doesn't really end up having lost the love of his life. He doesn't really get a happy ending in the end. Um, but I think, in as far as today's standard goes, I think it's a huge shout out to Johnny Depp who takes his character and makes this huge statement. And it, relevantly, you know, with the with the current turmoil that Johnny Depp is facing, where uh, you know he's been removed from Fantastic Beast number three. Uh, Tim Burton has He's just, been banned from being in the Pirates of the Caribbean reboot. Exactly. And and thank God for Tim Burton because him and Tim Burton are really close. And so Tim Burton has decided to uh, cast him in the new Adam Stanley movie. And I think that's great because I think him and Tim Burton are obviously very close. Tim Burton's movies always have a specific aesthetic. There's not a lot of directors who have that kind of uh, creativity or have the willingness to create the entire, you know, Tim Burton creates an entire world every time he does a movie. Whereas, he has his own mythology. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people, some directors don't necessarily do that. You know, they cast actors to to be characters in in these movies, but they don't necessarily do the, the legwork to create these alternative realities that Tim Burton has done. Where you're and, just immersed. Like, it, yeah. Tim Burton does an amazing job of 
you don't even realize it's a new reality. You're just you're just in it. Yeah, and so I, I commend him for uh, taking the chance. And there's so many people out there currently like claiming that Johnny Depp shouldn't be the new uh, Gomez. What's his first name? That Gomez is- Adams from that. Gomez, family? yeah, Gomez Adams. Because we're like, oh, he should be a Latino, or oh, he should be a you know a Hispanic. Okay, actor. maybe let's not be so mocking because I think there's maybe some. Some valid. No, I here. again, you know my stance on this, and again, I I hear where they're coming from, and if they were to cast somebody like Tobey Maguire to play, uh, you know, oh, fuck, what's his first name? Gomez Adams. Gomez Adams. Yeah, if they if they if they cast uh, Gomez Adams with Tobey Maguire, I would totally get that because that is the incorrect choice when it comes to casting that character. But Johnny Depp is literally one of the few actors who literally is a chameleon. He can be anything. If you watched Edward Scissorhand. And do, do a side-by-side. I dare you. Watch Edward Scissorhand run the next movie. Watch Edward Scissorhand followed by Pirates of the Caribbean 1. You cannot tell that that's the same actor because he's so good at what he does. And I'll tell you what I, I told everybody what I told Celine earlier. My drama teacher from high school literally was like, nobody can do this but him. If you try to overact in the way that he does it, you will fail because the only person who does this with the level of precision is Johnny Depp. You cannot overact like him, which is part of his brand. He overacts, mm-hmm. but the, char- he, the character he creates is so iconic. It's so realistic. It's so enveloped that there's absolutely no way to disbelieve his character from the alternative world. Well, and because he's so capable of subtlety. Exactly. Like I was just remembering that in uh, the, the remake of 21 Jump Street. Yes. Johnny Depp is in that at the end. Like, and he's been undercover as some other dude the entire time. And then yep. he like takes off his costume and he's like, hello, I'm Johnny Depp. Yep. But he, <laughs> you know, you all, he almost materializes out of the background because he was so good at playing his character with such subtlety that you were just like, oh, that's that's an extra. They they got pizza. That's that's their pay for being here. Exactly. It's like, no, that's fucking Johnny Depp. Exactly. And <laughs> he, again, there's not many who can. There are a few elite out there who can uh, operate on this level. But I think the people who are discrediting that and saying that, you know, this new Adam Sandler character should have been, again, and, well, and it is correct. Like the original Adam Sandler character, uh, uh, Gomez, Mr. Gomez mm-hmm. in the Adams family, he was uh, a Latino or Hispanic character. But I, I think they're missing the point at this point because all movies, all cinematic uh, adventures are, are not reality. They're all based off... The opposite. They're they're fiction. And I do think that there is a very good point to be made for, you know, when there's a role that's meant for a particular type of person. Yeah. You know, like it was embarrassing that Scarlett Johansson and I think it was Emma Stone did roles where they were like meant to be an Asian person. Yes, and it's like yes. that's that's offensive. It, like no, you shouldn't yes. be cross playing as a what, different race. What movie is that? Uh there was the one I with Scarlett Johansson where she went to the like suicide forest in Japan. Yep. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, okay, okay. And, no, and I forget and, what was going on with Emma Stone, or it was one of the one of the actresses that looks like Emma Stone. I don't want to malign her if that wasn't her. But yeah, it was it was some other thing where like she was meant to be Asian American. The original the original oh, story writing was, was okay. based for something oh, okay. like that. No, and I agree with that. So like, I'm not against the people who are saying well, or that. like autism, like. You know, like, I think that, that that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio um, that had uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? What's eating? Yes, yeah. exactly. Grape. But 
but guess what? They handed it to somebody who had the talent to represent that character realistically. Sure, absolutely. But I do think that there's a very valid argument to be made for, you know, if you're going to be portraying this type of person, why not cast this type of person? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, as much as I 100% agree that Leonardo DiCaprio and Johnny Depp are amazing actors and can portray that type of, mm-hmm. of, of breadth and depth, still, I do think that there's an argument to be made for... You okay. Know, these people aren't typically employed. Okay. Okay. Especially in the film industry. So let's give them that chance. No, no, no. And I, I would Particularly not. since they know how to play that character because that's the character they're the, mo- the most familiar with. You know what? I would. So I think there's a val- valid argument to be made. That said, I would say in the case of Gomez Adams, I think that Johnny Depp would be an amazing choice. I didn't even know. Uh, I, I didn't even know that um, Johnny Depp was white. To be honest, like I didn't know that that was his quote unquote heritage. Like he seemed like, you know, he is so diverse as far as I can tell. Like, I don't know his personal history, but like he, he doesn't seem like, I mean, he's got, I feel like he would have some traditional heritage. That right way. on. I always thought like Johnny Depp was also kind of like racially ambiguous. So yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, what is he? What, is what, he, what uh, a skill to have. Exactly. That's how I feel. Like I in Pirates, like, I don't know. He, he, he dubs an accent. And in comparison to Edward Scissorhand, our current uh, nostalgia drip, like I, I couldn't tell you what what he lands on because each time he steps into a character, it's almost undescribable. It's seamless, it's, yeah, yeah. And 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 it, it frustrates me that currently he's under such fire because, again, like you know, he's being removed from. Um, you the, mentioned you mentioned him being under fire. Do you want to tell us a little? Why bit Why is about Johnny Depp canceled again? Like I forgot. <laughs> like, why, 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 are, why are people? I thought he was canceled Depp? too until pretty recently. He, it turns out Johnny Depp is not canceled. Okay, right on. Nobody is. Though. Please, please elaborate. Well, no, he is canceled due to the uh, the the current uh, legal battle with his. Um, I'm gonna assume ex-wife, right? At this yeah. point. <coughs> no, he and Amber Heard are not still together. His current ex-wife has uh, has certain allegations against him for being. Oh, okay. Right. Wait, 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 wait. I, I was now under I the impression it. a couple years ago that Johnny Depp was canceled because he had been abusive towards his wife. Is it Amber Heard? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it okay. turns out that. Based on a lot of pretty extensive documentation, it's it's Johnny Depp who's being abused, and Amber Heard made up a lot of false allegations Oof. to throw him under the bus. Okay. Yeah, well, and in in uh, not to his favor, it sounded like he had a pretty extensive uh, wine habit. So, like, mm-hmm. there was a lot of documentation, uh, financially speaking, that spoke out against him when it came to like his spending habits. Because again, he's an A list actor on the the tippy tip 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 top of Hollywood. So of course he's gonna envelop uh some undesirable habits, you know? I mean he's got the well, and hey, it turns out if you're being abused, then it's uh especially easy to develop yeah. unhealthy habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in a relationship that's maybe not the best for him. Uh he picks up a wine habit. He's spending lots of his finances on uh, really expensive wines and and then he ends up in this legal battle which um really doesn't play to his favor but at the same time like there's a lot of evidence that sounds like you know you maybe it, maybe it wasn't his fault and and i'm not defending him at the same point like you know relationship spousal abuse is is nothing to to joke or take lightly so like again like I, i'm not discrediting her for for making those claims but it, but at the same time his legal team has made a really good case when it comes against him as far as like he is not necessarily the instigator. It sounds like he was just maybe in a bad relationship. And uh, it sounds like she's really on the cusp of trying to take a lot of revenue when it comes to their relationship based off his uh, 
exponential success. You know, it would be essentially like suing Iron Man uh, for being Tony Stark at this point. Like there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of allegations that have yet to be proven in court. And unfortunately, Disney has dropped him from the uh, fantastic uh, Harry Potter uh, series. Mm -hmm. But thank God for Tim Burton. Because Tim Burton obviously has a really close relationship with him, and it sounds like uh, ultimately, t I mean, like people were, people were speculating like Johnny Depp's career was over, like it it's done. Disney dropped him, pirates dropped him, and thank God for Tim Burton being the close friend that he is, because he's he's decided to put him in as the Adam Family, and that movie's obviously gonna kill. Like I'm gonna I'm go excited see that. for that. Yeah, I'm gonna go see that movie because I can't imagine. But we're not gonna go anywhere. No, no, no. I mean, like, yeah, no, no. But like, I can't imagine a better actor because I used to watch the Adams Family as a young kid on on TV when I was, uh, you know, 15 uh, or younger. I remember watching the original Black and White's Adam Family, and I remember watching the remakes. And like, I can't imagine somebody playing. Um, Adams Gomez better than Johnny Depp. Like that sounds like a perfect harmony. I think it's really funny that you continue to struggle with his name considering that the movie is called The Adams Family. That's their last name. The Adams Adams Gomez. Gomez Adams. Gomez Adams. <laughs> ah, yeah. Morticia well. though. Oh, Morticia is so hot. Did you if you I don't know who the the pick was, but I saw the, I saw the Oh, she's so hot. She, the the pick for uh, Johnny and uh, and and oh my God she's so hot. Also, man, Wednesday Adams is just fucking iconic. One of my mom's favorite quotes because my mom fucking loves the Adams family. One of my mom's favorite quotes is in one of the Adams family movies when they're like going to a summer camp, and Morticia is you know standing with another mother, you know like a blonde woman mm -hmm. with her young blonde daughter. Mm -hmm. Who's about Wednesday's age and they're talking to each other and Morticia goes, oh, Wednesday's reached that special age. Ooh. And the blonde mother goes, oh, boys. And Morticia or, uh, and Wednesday just goes cold blooded. She's like, murder. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to know, though, is why? Uh, what did you guys get out of Edward Scissorhands, though, for our nostalgia trip? And why did you both like the movie so much? Okay, uh, thank you for bringing it back. Um, it's all good. Circle it back, circle it back. No, no, no. For me personally, like, again, it's it's clearly based off a Greek, a Greek tragedy. Like, the movie does not end well. It ends in a, on a really sad note. Edward's alone. He's he's doing these ice sculptures for, um, what's Aww. her What's her name? I forget what her name in the movie is, but Winona Ryder. Winona, Winona Ryder, yeah. He's doing these ice sculptures for her. The movie ends basically with her understanding, you know, walking away from this whole situation with like the, every time the snow falls, she remembers Edward for these beautiful ice sculptures. Um, he has been castrated by... Stop saying... Yeah. <laughs> He has been rejected by the the traditional society. Ostracized. For, ostracized. Thank you. For. That's the word I'm thinking for. I'm not that smart. You're way smarter than I am. Ostracized for his weirdness and and has been cast out from the entire basic of society. Um, and and honestly, like that to me is 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 really beautiful because the movie itself is that encompassing. Like like the main character is the hero, but like. The idea for like the entire movie is based off how this hero is rejected, which mm -hmm. is so powerful. Like imagine using that, like imagine a movie that was cast today. Anything you saw, imagine Harry Potter, imagine John Wick, imagine the Matrix, where the main character tries to be accepted into these. Well, societies. and that's often a point in those 
But then but it instead, redeems itself yeah. with instead ultimately accepted. Yeah. Instead of redemption, the the Edward Scissorhand is different is because he ends up continually being rejected. He never finds his home. He never finds it's resignation. Yes, exactly. Which is why it's it's a great tragedy because that's often the case is where the hero finds himself uh, basically resigned to the same. Yeah, it, it's Sisyphus. Just yeah. you've got to push uh, the boulder up the hill. And Edward's sister, he's gentle. He's harmless. <laughs> he is so adorable. He's sweet. He's yeah. so sweet and kind. But then you see him on his appearance, and you see the blades for hands, and you're like, oh my god, what the fuck is this person? Oh my god, he's scary now. Exactly. Well, and I want to say my takeaway is a little bit different than Mitchell's. What do you have to say? So my takeaway is because I focused a lot on the ostracization and why it happened. Because when he first got there, you know, he was first taken in because the Avon representative found him so pitiful. Right. You know, she was initially afraid and then mm-hmm. she was like, oh, you're just a poor, sweet thing. And so she ta- brought him home and, you know, she and her family talked about him like he was a puppy. Like, <laughs> right. you mm-hmm. know, can we keep him type language? And it's like, he's a person. You, you can't keep a person. And so he was kind of put into this box of, you know, you, you can stay here. But mm-hmm. already there's this kind of prelude of he's you not, should feed a certain you you should like meet a certain ideal. He's not a human, though. Right. Exactly. He's seen as like vaguely inhuman, you know, loved, but inhuman. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, at the party where all of the neighbors come and meet him, all of the women are fawning over him and they right. all have a crush on him. Yes. They're Me trying too. to get with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, fair. Same. But, you know, they're all just idolizing him but then when he has that interaction with the one woman who like really tries to seduce him Mm -hmm. and he rejects her that woman instantly hates him because she he didn't meet the ideal of what she wanted Mm -hmm. and throughout the movie he continues to not meet the ideals exactly of what people want Mm -hmm. you know he doesn't faultlessly break into the house Mm -hmm. so he doesn't meet that expectation he lets down all of the neighbors by having broken into the house. Mm-hmm. Everybody right. basically sees him as you're great and you're cool as long as you do what we like. Oh, ooh, the biggest social commentary of the whole movie. It's I, I think that that movie is really profound because I think that so many marginalized people can probably relate to it. Like, you know, I think. You and Mitchell, you and I have talked a little bit about how mm-hmm. there's a brand of gayness that's expected. You know, there's a, a presentation of being gay that's expected and accepted. And if you're outside of that, it's like, mm, what's going on? With you? Are you really gay? Are you really, are you really part of the community? Right. And I think similarly with people of color, like I've heard conversations about, you know, how to be accepted Mm -hmm. in the white community as well as their community of origin Mm -hmm. and how that's such a fucking tightrope to walk. And I think that that movie has some really incredible commentary because it boils down to you're different. You can be accepted, but only if, you know, conditionally, only only, on these conditions. Which is something we don't believe here on the show. Right. But I think that it's something that society gears towards as a whole. Absolutely. So I think that's why it's such a profound and and moving movie. I was not ready for that this movie this week, but it, it happened, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I def- so happy you picked this movie. I'm def- yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, this movie is is pre is profound beyond uh, beyond its years, and 
uh, honestly, probably one of Tim Burton's greatest films. Like, don't get me wrong, like Nightmare Before Christmas was great. Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was great. Like, all these other movies, he did a really good job, but like, Edward Scissorhand has this different kind of message that you don't see naturally in a lot of movies today and i think that him taking the risk on this movie uh really speaks to his character and speaks to his creativity and this was one of his first big uh cult classics and i think that tim burton really uh, earned the title of like a famous director because of this type of movie mm-hmm. because it really did step outside the norm and again like there's a lot of tim burton movies where i don't love like Coraline. like i don't love Coraline. it's a good movie but like I think Tim Burton did a huge thing uh, when he did uh, Edwards. <laughs> the movie true, true, yeah, true. Edwards is it. Like again, again, like I, I just, I just think he, he just made such a statement. Absolutely. Yeah, he made such. A, it, it's, it's like Quentin Tarantino in Pulp Fiction. Like this movie was one of his crowning achievements, and like they, he deserves every ounce of credit that goes toward this movie because yes. this movie, like Pulp Fiction with Quentin Tarantino, this movie stands miles leagues above the 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 standard what is cinematic and and these guys literally deserve to be praised because it it has so much more umph individually characteristically overall cinematically like these movies deserve to be locked in a vault when it comes to 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 creative masterpieces yes it is such an iconic film. And fun fact, when it comes to Tim Burton and masterful composer Danny Elfman, Danny Elfman and Tim Burton both agree that this is the best Tim Burton film. That is... Word up. Like, the way I talk... Tell it like it is, broski! It's kind of like, you know, when I talk about, to keep this brief, <laughs> it's like when I talk about, like, hey, this band is like the flagship band for this record label. The Edward Scissorhands movie is the flagship Tim Burton movie. We've talked about it, whether it's Pirates of the Caribbean or other films he's done. Tim Burton just has his own brand. He has his own brand. It's beautiful and gothic. I love Danny Elfman's composing style because he knows when to be whimsical. There's a whimsy with Danny Elfman. Yes, yes. But, then, but then he knows when to be like somber and serious, you know? Mm-hmm. You have other composers, you know, they do these big movies and stuff. And like music is a big part of these films. <laughs> did you guys like any like of the scoring? Like did the music make you feel stuff oh, when, entire, when you needed yeah, to? Yeah. The entire way through. That, that Awesome. That goes, when I say the word cinematic, Cinematic in, in, encapsulates the actor, the uh, the filming, and the music. When I say cinematic, I mean all those three have to be in perfect blend. So absolutely blend. I love that word. Yeah, that is a good word. Blend. The music mm-hmm. is is or, or orchestral. The acting is uh, impetuous, and the filming is absolutely on point when it comes to to this movie. Like Edward Scissorhands does not miss a single beat when it comes to any of the categories that go that go into filming filming something cinematic because each one was carefully calculated and intended to be uh, complementary toward toward each other. So the acting, the filming, the music, each one was specifically intended to to complement each other. Which is why this movie is so fucking amazing. It's an amazing fucking film. I'll just never forget, like, growing up watching this movie and you just see, like, 
you know, the, the little, the little like slivers of ice fall off the sculpture and then like mm-hmm. the win- the winter scene towards the end of the movie and like seeing snowfall like that, it's just, it's so serene. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it really, it really is. There's such powerful imagery. There's so many soothing scenes in that movie, despite them being like mm-hmm. in between disturbing scenes. Like <laughs> right. One of the most so- soothing scenes. And I think the one you're describing of the ice falling down is right after he's killed a dude. <laughs> Which you know he had it coming. I'm fine ice. with that outcome. He did, he done did stab him in the heart. That did happen. Yeet. You know he had to do it to him. He did. He yeet it. Yeet. Anyway, but yeah, no, it was. It has so many soothing. Yeah, it, it's a great movie. I think because even though there's disturbing stuff that happens, you don't come away from it feeling negatively. You might feel a little bit somber or reflective, but you don't feel bad you just no. feel i mean that again like that, that emotional response is intentional like tim burton like created that emotional response toward the end of the movie intentionally make you feel like uneasy mm-hmm. whereas like you love this character but he has done these not good things but you also understand that he's been through these terrible situations where you know this and he's trying his best he's trying his best yeah so like this movie again this movie is a greek tragedy because he feels a certain way he doesn't want to be this way but again he's trying to do the best he can and he ultimately ends up making a terrible decision which turns the town again turns the town against him yeah yeah this movie is off the charts like one of tim burton's best films anyways that's a nostalgia well, trip i i want to say one more thing before we wrap up please do it's just a side note let's hear it but so alex i i told me this earlier but alex did you know that it's a one owner writer the female lead in that i know so she's hot. so pretty so hot. have you seen heather's so when on a writer and heather's is like my dream day Ooh. oh god but uh What's up? so uh <laughs> did you know that she and johnny depp were married at one point, I'm, I'm pretty sure to my subconscious mind, I knew that I probably just forgot because I don't I haven't really paid attention to Hollywood. And especially since like why no has been so famous with like Stranger Things and like all the mm-hmm. her, like, her latter her latter her latter day career. But yeah. no, I didn't know they were I, I, fucking that. Yeah, so they were enough. married. So the, the chemistry between them was legit. Ooh. Did you know that Johnny Depp at one point had a tattoo that said Winona forever? Oh, and do you want to know what it says now? What does it say now? He got it edited and I uh, I finally looked it up. And so basically he just got part of it like lasered off. <laughs> so the N-A at the end of Winona, he got lasered off. So and just, just like nah forever. No, now it just wait, wait. says. So he kept the wino, just not the nah. Ah! <laughs> so now it just says wino forever. Oh, man. Is, uh, he, is he a Cabernet guy or a Chardonnay oh, guy? What are, we, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? If it's pretty on brand. <laughs> but I think it's pretty, that's a pretty good way to keep an, an old tattoo, but also get rid of some of the memories. Oh, my goodness gracious. Poor guy. This has been a great nostalgia trip. I'm really happy both of you guys got to enjoy the 1990 film, Edward Scissorhands, starring Wino and... Yeah. A wino drinker. Wino <laughs> John Depp. Johnny Depp. Oh my goodness gracious. It's really cool that you guys picked this. Thank you all for being a part of No Gender November here on the March and Mitch Show. Thank you guys so much for joining. It's been a pleasure. You're listening to Alexander Marchuski, Celine Santis Pond, and Mitchell Herring, who looks fabulous, by the way. It's true. Can't confirm. Check out the TikTok and you'll get to catch a quick glimpse of this. Uh, check out me on this uh, absolute smoke show. Uh, yeah, Small check out show. Mitch Blades if you want to go to TikTok. Uh, I've got my personal brand there. And uh, yeah, you'll get to see exactly what we're talking about. Eventually, again, like I said, it'll eventually morph itself into the March Mitchell. Right now, I'm doing some essential uh, testing, scientific testing. Like, I'm just trying to see how TikTok works. 
Um, be gay on the internet for science. Yeah, I mean, really, that's what it is. Like, I just gay wanna, science. Yeah, gay science is essentially what I'm doing right here, and um, I don't quite understand it. <laughs> hashtag gay science. Gay science. That'll be my new hashtag. Gay science. Hashtag uh, gay. Uh, n- no gender November. You can catch again, Mitch Blades. Check it out um, for now. Uh, but until then, like, thank you for listening. Japan, 22 downloads. I don't know who you are. From I J- love all 22 of Ohio. you or the one of you that downloaded all of our episodes. I have Either no- way, I love you. Please continue to download. Honestly, do me a huge favor. Make a comment wherever you're from because, goddamn, Japan is the second highest download that we've ever had. And it's, it's in the last 30 days. So whoever you are in Japan. And you Japan, can find us on any platform. You can find us on Insta. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Yeah. You can find Mitchell on TikTok. You can find so me we've on got TikTok. all of our bases covered. You can absolutely reach out to us. Everything is basically labeled the March of Mitchell minus my TikTok, which is Mitch Blades, which is a, a nickname that Alex gave me a long time ago. Mitch Blades. Mitch Blades. Go okay. <laughs> Goth boy. What's the rest of Got the boy, click, make, make a, a hoe shake. shake. Yeah. <laughs> Midge plates, make a hoe shake. Anyways. Rest in peace, little peep. The little poetry peep. is in the streets. This has been the Margin Mid Show featuring Celine, a.k.a. my fiance, who is goddamn the hottest thing on this goddamn planet. Thank you for checking this out. Marchewski, rail us out. That was actually our 22 downloads in Japan as someone in Japan saw Celine once and was like, oh. <laughs> 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 Ain't mad about it. Keep your keep your eyes and ears peeled. Apparently, I'm going to be featured in. Thank a, you, in a, in a, I'll be featured in OnlyFans soon. Not sure what that's going to look like, but you're going to have to ask my fiance. Uh, not going to argue with it. I mean, I'm trying to marry this bitch, so um, whatever they say goes. So catch you on the flip the flop. Thank you for enjoying the magic of the holidays for No Gender November on the March Mitch Show. Signing off, it's been Celine Santos Pond, Mitchell Herring, and Alexander. Take it easy, folks. Happy Thanksgiving. Stay safe. Wear your masks. Lube up before you rub up, if you know what I mean. <laughs>